I'm a part-time rock star, but I go to work. What's up? Welcome to episode 17 of the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. My guest today is Joanna Tomasani of The Tumbling Wheels out of New Orleans. Uh, we're old-time friends. Don't see each other so often, but um, I definitely follow her band and uh, I've been listening to it for a little while. Um, besides being in quarantine, I thought this would be a good time to get an interview from her just because her band is putting a new record out. Um, it sounds like it's been out to some degree, at least in the physical form, like on vinyl or CD, and uh, possibly on Bandcamp as well. But it's uh, going to more formally come out on all the digital platforms here in a week or two. And uh, if I do get that specific date, I will definitely list it in the episode. And besides that, I will also feature a song from the new album in the episode. Um, Otherwise, we just kind of talked about what she's been up to in quarantine and uh, general life and music stuff. So it was fun to kind of pick her brain a little bit and figure out how she approaches songwriting and music and all those things. In any case, if you're listening, thanks for tuning in and uh, enjoy the episode. So yeah, um, what's up? Long time no see, obviously. Yeah. Um, welcome to what I call the part-time rock star podcast. That I started partially out of boredom and uh, partially to help my friends. And uh, oh, yeah. I noticed that you guys were... Uh, putting out new music, and I wasn't even sure if you were still in the band or if you guys were still a band or what was going on. So yeah, um, that I mean is kind of a story in and of itself, and still potentially up in the air. There was like a relationship in the band that ended, and then one of the members went off on this um, world bike tour and is now kind of stuck in india oh wow but um yeah and then like one of the other people went away and came back so it's been a little bit of or it's been a little unclear what's going on man my glasses are like reflecting your face maybe i should just take them off (laughs) um but yeah we recorded this album i guess like a year and a half ago I actually don't even remember, but it, you know, we've been sitting on it for a while trying to figure out what the release was going to look like and, um, and hadn't really had any good opportunities to all meet up in person and talk about it. But then I thought that like coronavirus quarantine would be a great time to release some music, especially because we know there are some people who really were looking forward to it and it could potentially brighten some people's days and uh and then Bandcamp was doing their um revenue share waiving on may 1st i think they're doing that the first friday of every month for the near future yeah i think so so yeah so that turned out to be a good time to to do it and everybody was down so we just kind of pushed it out there real fast Cool. Well, I mean, obviously, thanks for entertaining this idea here. Um, yeah. It's good to catch up. Thanks for asking. 
uh, whether yeah. it's recorded or not. I mean, um, there's a lot of stuff, I guess, I never really did ask you about how the band got started or, you know, that type of thing. So we could definitely go through some of the history, too, if you think that's fun to talk about. Obvious, totally. Obviously, in the current times, there's plenty to go off of as well. Um, but I do agree that I think now is probably a great time to release music if you can. And that's crazy that you've been sitting on it for over a year. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, I. it's definitely been a process. And I, I, I'd have to look up, honestly, like when we recorded it. I don't even remember what time of year it was. So I'd have to, don't quote me on that. Yeah. Well, but it's been a while, to say the least. Well, it's cool because, um, believe it or not, I actually do listen to your album, and um, the nice. funny thing, or maybe bad thing, considering um, playlists and all that, is that I still listen to CDs like in the car because I have like a an older <laughs> car that just has a CD player. So I actually listen to albums like whatever I have. So that's one that's that gets some spins every once in a while. So I, kn- awesome. I know it pretty well. You have a copy? Yeah, I still got one from, I guess, when you came. Oh, one of the older ones. Came, yeah. through, the, uh, came through the neighborhood a while back. Yeah, that was in 2016. Yeah, it's been that long ago. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have no idea if you've made it back since other than for holidays. I imagine probably not as a band. No, yeah. Much too. I mean, I would have liked to, but... We went on this great tour to Colorado, which was really awesome, and then we went on another one to Florida and South Carolina, and that was that's the extent of our touring. So we've only toured three times, Yeah. and the other ones were in different regions, kind of just combining our, you know, just like looking for some sort of outdoor adventures along with uh, playing shows. It seems like fun. I mean, that's definitely three more times than me, so... Um, <laughs> it is fun. I thought I had thought about checking in on you to see if the band was still active or not. Um, so this yeah. is this is a cool way to do it, uh, especially now that like I can help promote it in a way. Like I can add one yeah. add one of the songs to this episode or something like that. Perfect. Um, yeah. I don't know what our listenership is like, other than just I assume friends of friends who kind of just support each other's music. But uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll find its way back home or around. Is yeah. home base still New Orleans? Or yeah, okay. uh, yeah, still New Orleans. Um, yeah, a couple of people like moved away and are came back or are planning on coming back at this point. So um, it's been a little bit. We've we sort of scattered temporarily, but now we're mostly all back in New Orleans, except for the uh, the guy in India. <laughs> yeah, and he is basically just waiting for the airlines to open up again. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. You guys FaceTime, like group chat them at all? Yeah, we do. Uh, we used Zoom a few times, and now um, Rachel introduced us to this app called Marco Polo. Have you heard of it? I have not. It's a really great app. I mean, I think that it's effectively the same as using your iMessages to, or like your messaging app to just like record videos and send them. But it's just, it's a nice app that allows you to very easily 
record videos of yourself nice. um so it's a little bit more personal it's not like you don't have to like get a bunch of people in the same zoom room together but it's still a little bit better than texting yeah oh that's yeah. cool at least yeah. you know he's he's still hanging in there yeah he's so. he's having some fun for sure but he's been sort of stranded not stranded he is being taken care of in, as a resident of this hospital not like he's a patient yeah. um but yeah he's been giving food and i think he's he has some people to hang out with too so he's definitely he's doing all right that's good but he's very bored yeah yeah well what what i'll probably do here for this episode is give you a nice little intro of okay what i know about the band which granted it's not a whole lot but you know use a lot of superlatives say a bunch of nice things and uh that whole thing <laughs> um mm-hmm. but since i never asked before i mean i guess what are the origins of uh of the tumbling wheels yeah so it started off um rachel and jeffrey are two of the main songwriters they started dating in new york before that they were playing music together i think the song sleepwalking which is one of the tracks on the the first album is the first song that they co-wrote and i think they i think they did that before they were dating so you know they have a long history of playing and writing music together they played in a sort of punk country band in new york called the nightmares of nashville for a while and then um Rachel's apartment burned down in in New York and things were getting like kind of wild for there for them I guess so they moved to New Orleans. I met Rachel through a mutual friend who was my roommate at the time and so we became friends and then Rachel and Jeffrey started trying to look for a band to put together and <clears throat> yeah, I at that time had been playing in like a drum line. I had some like very limited, but you know, I had like a solid background in music, but I was just sort of messing around with percussion and things like that. And they were trying out a lot of drummers who were great, really amazing drummers, but I think that they were looking for things some like a style that was a little simpler, so like my limited ability was kind of perfect for that. Mm. And then we just like put the band together from there. They found, uh, I forget. Yeah, just like word of mouth as far as like looking for a bass player and looking for an electric guitar player, um, James on the bass and Sam on the guitar. And yeah, it was a combination of mostly Rachel and Jeffrey songs for a while. We played in this really amazing kind of raggedy venue called the United Bakery Gallery for a long, long time. And it was through our shows there that we met a lot of really amazing people in New Orleans and people that would eventually turn into, or like the people that would eventually create United Bakery Records, which um, produced or you know, the, the label under which we created our first album, that's, like, they were the people running that venue. And, yeah, that's sort of... The rundown? The story. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy your apartment burned down. Um, I know. I, I guess I, I imagine know. that's kind of how 
they maybe wandered down to New Orleans or I don't know. Yeah, if that exactly. was something different. Yeah. But, no, that was why, yeah. Um which I guess I mean it's always been known as a music town. I don't know what the uh what the scene is like these days. I mean not literally right now, of course, but Right. Uh right now it's obviously non existent. There are a lot of really amazing jazz musicians here who recreate a lot of the old sounds that came out of New Orleans um, from long, long ago, like Dixieland jazz. You know, New Orleans is obviously the birthplace of jazz um, coming from Congo Square. And so there are a lot of jazz musicians here, but there's also like a pretty solid singer-songwriter scene uh, and folk or country music scene as well. And just overall, um, just original music you know like often the tumbling wheels will play a show with another band that rachel and i sing in called tache and the psychedelic roses and our genres don't necessarily like go like mesh together but we're all part of the same community of people and so it's like a very it's a large community of um people making original music which is cool and not always not always easy to find i mean yeah definitely the scene whatever it may be is what makes the band special to begin with yeah there's no scene yeah you can have a cool band and good songs but obviously no one's gonna care so yeah uh, absolutely yeah i i really appreciate you saying that it's like i do think that the the first few years in particular of us playing at that gallery not even a few years it wasn't even that long but it was the it was just all the people in that venue that made the experience feel special and like the band was worth sort of pursuing more seriously in the first place so yeah, yeah. well that's cool um i mean I, I definitely know what it's like when you find a, a fun place to play you want to if you have a, a home turf to come back to mm-hmm. so at the end of the day it's yeah. about the people and if the people are that are there are fun and everyone's just having a good time then things can definitely grow for sure yeah so um i guess that covers a lot of the background on the band but i could mm-hmm. also uh flip it around a little bit and ask you kind of more about you and your interest in music mm-hmm. obviously i know you grew up playing um yeah i don't think i ever really asked you when you decided you wanted to try to write songs if it was early in your life or just kind of for fun or something you could that came about later um you know yeah um i guess i think i really wanted to write songs for a long time but i am a classic perfectionist and didn't really try for a long long time because i didn't some combination of feeling like i didn't know how or i didn't have the right sort of idea behind it Um, so I think that I was probably, that was probably something in the back of my mind since I was like 15 or something. And it wasn't until I met Rachel and Jeffrey and started playing with them. And it was then that I had this idea that, well, now I have this opportunity to like write songs and actually do something with them as in perform them in this context which is funny that I it was only the opportunity to perform a song that like really drove me to kind of push myself to do it. I mean, it's it's a whole combination of things, not just that, but 
um, yeah, there was a time in my life while I was in the band where I like had the space and the time to really work on, a, you know, writing. And so that's, that's when it started, which was yeah. about five years ago, I guess, four or five years ago. Yeah, I think we're both about, probably about the same age, pushing 30, at least for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm 30, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say is, I, I mean... To write a song in the first place that anyone else is gonna maybe um, empathize with, you gotta have life experience, I think. So, I mean, when you're 15, <laughs> it's gonna be tough. When even when you're 20, it's gonna be tough. And maybe about yeah, for me it felt like 25. Uh, I had enough life experience that it might be reasonable or rational to write songs because yeah. maybe it would resonate with someone. Um, that's a good point um, it was about 25 for me as well um, at the same time I know people who have been writing songs since they were like 13 and now they're really good at it so yeah. and they can do it like really not like they I don't think they've churned them out but they have a much more you refined know, approach solid voice yeah. refined approach solid voice and I think that songwriting you know I don't think that the content I mean, it is often, like, lack of content or lack of lyrical content ideas or lack of confidence in lyrical content ideas that stops me from really following through with writing a song, but I would definitely never discourage anyone from from stopping themselves from trying to write a song because they are young or because they're, you know, they haven't gone through anything or whatever. I mean, because everybody goes through stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a muscle and it's like practicing any other yeah. any other type of instrument or any other part of music. It's just something you practice. And you may not have the lyrical right. content to back it up at first. You might have yeah. one part of the equation though, so that when you do get the lyrics that you feel comfortable with or confident with, then you can just kind of splice them in there into what might al- right. already be a, a refined skill. Um Yeah. One question that I thought would be pertinent to ask you in this realm is sort of like for me i feel like it takes one to two years minimum to digest a circumstance or like an event or a feeling that happened to be able to mm-hmm. then put it clearly into words because you needed a little bit of time to have perspective on it and i don't know if that's something that you think about or something that you agree with or disagree with but yeah, that definitely, I, I, I agree with you on that. You know, time is probably a necessary, you know, part of the equation to really digesting and understanding something that happens in your life. Um, I don't, and I've written songs about circumstances or like, like I've written songs about people that I haven't spoken to in many years, or I've written songs about a circumstance or a memory from like a few years in the past that like sort of just flashed into my mind. But I, I also think, you know, people write songs in many different ways. Um, I think you can just as easily write a song about something that you are in the middle of, um, experiencing like um one of my friends recently 
had a pretty horrible breakup and she through that experience wrote at least three like really amazing songs like while she was going through it so it's it's also part of the processing for people and if you can turn like your like very present and immediate emotions into beautiful songs that's really great so some people can definitely do that and um and you know obviously if she were to write a song about the breakup five years from now it would be a different song um yeah sure but yeah yeah oh yeah i mean for sure um i guess maybe it is just having that practice be able to do it yeah you know yeah um but yeah going back to like current stuff obviously how are you holding up down there um um, pretty, pretty well. I live by myself, um, but I have, I live in like a duplex. So I have neighbors that are good friends on the other side and we've been working on, um, just fixing up the backyard. I have neighbors on the other side that are also like very friendly and we like hang out from a distance and I have a partner and we spend time together. He basically lives alone as well. So that's been pretty nice. Um, not having to worry about uh, dealing with or, you know, being careful with other people's health, you know. Um, So I've basically just been seeing him and then my two neighbors. And I was, I just finished this coding boot camp too. Like my life has basically, you know, so like Jeffrey moved away for a while. The band sort of wasn't doing much for a minute, partially because of that, partially because I was in this coding boot camp. And then as soon as this all started, I was in the middle of applying for jobs and I got a job and I start a new job on Monday. So um, my life's been kind of focused around that. Thank you. Um, But, you know, we're hoping definitely that when everything settles a little bit, especially now that Jeffrey's back, James is hopefully going to be back soon. We have released this album and we all miss each other. So we're like, oh my God, can't wait to play with you again. And I miss singing and playing music so much. So, you know, once this is all started or settled down a little bit, we'll be able to hopefully play some more music. Right on. Well, that's uh, that's cool. You took the, the coding boot camp. I've always thought about doing one of those. Um, yeah. If you can find a good one, I mean, it's 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 hugely challenging. And then I will also say that it's hard to get a job as an entry level developer, but it's definitely possible and doable. Yeah. If you are a nice person, which you are, and it's just about being very persistent. You know, I applied for almost a hundred jobs in two months. Oh well. Wow. I could have applied for more. I got like maybe responses. I got a lot of rejections, obviously, and I got positive responses that didn't go that far from about like seven places. And then two, I was like, at the end, I was like applying very seriously to two different places. And so I got an offer from both of them and I was able to choose. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, um, that is but nice. yeah, yeah, it's fun. Especially if you're able to do it without knowing someone, like within a company and all that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I did the the 
the job I got, I got huge, largely on account of having a friend that also works there. Oh, there you go. And That's yeah, usually... it's a remote job. Yeah, so they they're not in New Orleans, um, and they were like hesitant to hire remotely at all. But mm. like because their employee that they really respect also lives here, and she was vouching for me that worked out really well for me so that I mean I think it is a lot about knowing people and so if you I would say to anyone who (laughs) it's funny that we're on this conversation or like (laughs) this topic right now but I just to finish it off I would say if anyone is interested in doing the boot camp situation it's really really important that you you know make sure that you're being friendly to people that you meet and just never not leaving any stone unturned as far as like possible connections to places where you might want to get employed or even not really yep it's all who you know at the end of the day and all who likes you and who doesn't and at the end of the day we're just yeah just creatures just trying to be nice to each other but you know it is what it is um but that's cool yeah and it's obviously good that you had something or have something to do um, besides mute, yeah. besides music and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And fittingly for this podcast, uh, that works too, because you have a job and, uh, I do. um, not to say, or not to slight anyone who doesn't, but I guess the, my thought in doing a podcast was to try to orient it towards like the working musician, I think. Oh, cool. As opposed to yeah. someone who's more full-time or. Or whatever. I just figured, you know. Yeah. I do think that's a really cool perspective because before I started doing this boot camp or thinking about it, I, I mean, Rachel started going to nursing school like two years before that. And that was a little hard for me to process because I was feeling very committed to doing this band, like, you know, working for this band and other sorts of music outlets full time. And I felt kind of conflicted about her choice, Mm -hmm. but I ultimately think that it was a good choice for her. Obviously she, you know, she knows like the right choices to make for her own life. And, and that probably was very helpful for me in making my own choice towards, um, you know, continuing my education and trying to, get a job that was more reliable which you know sounds sort of like a sellout move but you know well you know you reach certain age it's also practical yeah, yeah you already, cra- you already cracked 30 so it's, yeah it's not exactly, exactly completely out of the left field to no to start trying to make a little money um that yeah, doesn't exactly. doesn't come out of a tip jar or record sales yeah, or something like not, that that's like more than the thirty dollars for like five hours of work, <laughs> like two days a week, you know. Yeah. It's like it's nuts. I'm so far in the hole when it comes to music. It's purely a passion pursuit. Uh, I mean, that's good. I mean, it's also good to like not have too much pressure put on it, you know. Yeah, it's true too. I think I've always kind of wondered what it would be like to fully pursue it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just scared, or was scared, or never had the right avenue. Um, but it would definitely be a, a ballsy thing to do for anyone who does it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a unique path 
for people who have like a particular set of circumstances um so it works out for a very 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 small number of people and that's cool for them and i'm sure that comes with its own set of difficulties and for the rest of us we can do that and other things and not feel like weighed down by it exactly i don't know I, i mean i always felt like a lot looser about playing music when there's really no pressure to you know Right. You don't have you yeah. don't have to play gigs. You don't have to write songs. You don't have to do anything. Um, yeah, which maybe is good and bad depending on how you operate as a a sort of creative person. But right, um, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. Um, cool. So I mean, on the quarantine front, usually I've just been asking people what they're doing to stay sane and kind of, you know. Just pass the time, if you're not working, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will start working on Monday. Before before I got this job, I was just applying for jobs and practicing, practicing for interviews, because tech interviews are this whole other beast, um, and hanging out with my partner and doing a little bit of yard work but now that I am no longer having to apply for jobs I all of a sudden had just like my whole day cleared up and so I've been digging around in my backyard we've been like tearing up old broken pieces of concrete and replacing it with you know soil that we've sort of sifted through and we're just planting you know or getting ready to ready to plant some some more stuff um yeah it's been nice right on that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sounds like low stress, which is good. Yeah. Um, so really, um, since you got the new songs coming out or possibly coming out, um, we should probably talk about that at least a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if you wrote or co-wrote um, any songs specifically or if there's any topic that you want to touch on related to it, but I would just say fire away and, you know. Yeah, so... I'm, I actually feel like I want to look something up real quick so I don't misspeak. Um, um, well, the cool part about this is I can edit whatever. So I, could, I can make gaps in space just disappear and all that. Yeah. So. Awesome. Okay. So I found what I was looking for. Um, this, so we, let's see. I think that we probably recorded this in like early 2019 um probably yeah probably in may or so um and the thing that we are all most proud of about this uh recording is that we did it we rented a very special microphone from a friend of ours who also mastered the record. His name is Bruce Burrell, and we rented a microphone called an AKG C24 stereo tube mic. Um, and what that means is we all just like, we placed that mic in the center of the room and we all just like situated ourselves around it and oh, just wow. basically recorded live, old which was a very different ex- old Yeah, school. very old school. Yeah very different experience than we had from our first album and we all love that album and that was very fun but 
we wanted to provide a more authentic experience of what our like more natural sound is like and so that's you know how we ended up choosing to go down this path this was something that Bruce actually suggested to us many years ago as well so we recorded at the same place with the same engineer the Marini Studios with Rick G. Nelson um, but in a very different way and we're pretty happy about it um, we have 12 songs on there we made a vinyl and it's available on Bandcamp right now we also have CDs too um, make sure to get you one <laughs> thanks um, um, so wait yeah, is it so out right now yeah oh, okay so my it bad is. We, it was a little totally no, 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 okay. my head. I thought it was, it was a little confusing out. yeah so we 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 started we did a Kickstarter to raise funds to pay for the album and then once we got the this you know the vinyls and the CDs we handed out the stuff to most of our Kickstarter backers just to kind of be in good faith with them and then we were sitting on it for a long time because we weren't sure how or when we wanted to release it or like you know I was in school Jeffrey moved away James went out of town it was a little bit confusing and then it was just um, in this weird experience that we're all in right now that it kind of occurred to us it would be a nice time to release the record and then Bandcamp was doing their like revenue sh- revenue share waiving um, the first Friday of every month and so we decided to do it this past Friday May 1st and so we released it on Bandcamp right on. which is where you can find it right now it's in the process of being distributed on your other um <coughs> other streaming services like Spotify and iTunes, but that'll be like a week or two. Right on. Cool. I mean, um, as far as the one microphone goes, though, I got to ask, I mean, um, did you overdub later or did you have other microphones in the room that you could tweak or is it really just done with one? And I'm only asking purely out of curiosity because I'm always curious how bands do that. Yeah, so... There was maybe, I'm trying to remember, there was maybe like two exceptions. Um, We did have a mic on the kick drum, and we had a mic on, or maybe even a direct line on the bass. Yeah. But that was it. Okay. And any sort of, there was no overdubbing. Any takes that we wanted to redo, we we all redid together, so... Yeah, like yeah. you said, like very old school style, which is potentially, you know, like unnecessarily difficult, but it also well, it's, provides it's a quality. Yeah, it's raw. It, like it's honest. It's emotional. I mean, artistically, I think it works. It, it just seems like a fun thing to do, whether it's better or whether it's yeah. worse or whatever, no matter what type of band you are. And, you know, back in the day, people did it because they had to, but they were also well-oiled machines. Mu- <laughs> no. Well-oiled, <laughs> well-oiled musicians, well-oiled uh, machines in the sense that, like, they'd probably be playing, you know, three times a day sometimes. And yeah, so they'd exactly. just play on autopilot or whatever. They'd just be so good that they could just play to a microphone, one take, or three takes or whatever yep. it'd be, but one of them would be good enough and they'd just roll out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that was definitely, you know, challenging um that was a big that was a big challenge 
trying to find the balance between like, and I think this is the case regardless of what kind of recording you're doing, but just trying to find the balance between like, okay, like that could be better, but also this is like the fifth time that we've done this. So maybe it's time to just move on and yeah. like try something else. Cause like after you do a take, like, I think more than three times, it's just not going to get better after that. Yeah, and then you start overthinking it and start trying to do stuff you wouldn't, weren't going to do in the first place, and I don't know. Yeah. Just gets stale, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, that kind of covers uh, a lot of the basics there, for sure, that I wanted mm-hmm. to get to. Um, I do have, like, a lot of random questions that I sometimes throw out there, but... Uh, I do also want to kind of give you the floor, too, in case there's yeah. something that maybe you're itching to talk about that I haven't brought up yet. Yeah, I think that I'm, the fact the, the single microphone concept is probably the most important one about this record. Um, we have, yeah, I think that's probably. Yeah. I think that's it, yeah. So, maybe for instance, I can give you a, a, a few questions as, like, options, and you can always pass on them, um, okay. too. But, like, a lot of times I ask people about maybe best or worst gig stories, kind of like fun or horror stories mm. of gigs. Um, sometimes I might ask people about being female or male in music as far as, like, what challenges or pros and cons go with that. And then uh, sometimes I'll just ask people like random funny questions, like favorite TV shows and, and things. So if any if any okay. of that jumps out at you, I would say feel free to sort of you know roll. Yeah, um, I would say worst gig was probably connected to a night prior that we had on tour when we were we basically camped out in an ATV park in like a couple hours outside of Dallas and somehow got the minivan stuck in some sand. This was an ATV park that was like on the bank of a river basically and it was a terrible idea for us to drive the the van over there because it was so weighed down. Like it was stuck there. We were trying to figure out how to you know, potentially call AAA, but we also had an SUV and we, we were able to get it like out of the sand and like kind of like tow the van with the SUV out of the sand. It was crazy. But long story short, we were like up until one thirty two in the morning. And then the next day we were at this gig and everybody was just mad at each other <laughs> and just really pissed off. And it was still kind of fun because we actually met in person, somebody who was like a really great person and big fan of the band and yeah so we met him in person for the first time but like everyone was just so mad <laughs> that and tired that day um and there are so many great gigs in in my mind one of my favorites was playing at this um what's called the Thacker Mountain Radio Show we played at a in an auditorium in Oxford Mississippi in it's sort of a radio show that's kind of kind of like um it's not Garrison Keillor anymore, but Prairie Home Companion sort of style. Yeah. Maybe with more more emphasis on music. Um, that was an amazing place to play. We just played three songs, but it was packed. And 
we had some friends come in from New Orleans and surprise, surprise us, and it was just really beautiful. Um, and then I'd say another favorite show was at this pizza restaurant in Beaufort, South Carolina, and it's this was the kind of show that we always really love, which is basically just, you know, people kind of drinking with us and just, like, letting loose and yeah. dancing and singing along and having a great time. And so any show where people A little less formal. Are, yeah. Um, especially... <laughs> sometimes it seems like our, our um, main audience demographic is, like, people over the age of 50, <laughs> so... Well, uh, so that was a pl- that was a place where that demographic was uh, very, very present, which was really fun. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's this campground that I've played uh, every summer in the cover band that I've been playing with, and uh, it's just like a redneck festival. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's like. I don't know how many people are actually there, but it feels like hundreds, and they're just all going nuts, and it's just, yeah. uh, I don't know, a free-for-all or something, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I'll probably let you go here. Uh, like I said, okay. I think what I'll do is I'll feature whatever song you think works, if you want to talk to the band or not, it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And then I'll drop some links or whatever and, uh, you know, just kind of do the thing. Uh, obviously, you'll Great. be the first one to hear the edit of the chat uh, okay. before I release it. Um, and, I don't know, any shout-outs maybe? Band members, family members, exes, current <laughs> partners? Um. Yeah. Well, obviously, I love my bandmates, <laughs> Jeffrey and Rachel and Sam and James. And we, you know, always, I always try to say or remind everyone that we wouldn't have made one record without the United Bakery people. And, um, yeah, Bruce and Rick for uh, mastering and engineering and recording the record. Um, Yeah, and all our friends and family. Right on. Cool. Well, happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I'm going to go pick... Yeah, you too. I'm going to go pick up some uh, some burritos or something here. Yeah. So. Nice. Thanks for inviting me and thanks for chatting. Yeah, no problem. Um, hopefully you guys stay safe and, you know, stay healthy down there. So yeah, I want to thank Joanna for coming on the podcast. Um, The new album is called Take You Dancing, and the track that you're hearing in the background is called Take Her Dancing. Um, It's out on Bandcamp now, but it will be out also on streaming services like iTunes and Spotify soon. Um, Other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, and if you're friends of Joanna's, or friends of the band, or friends of mine, um, hopefully you're all staying safe, staying sane, and uh, we'll all get through this thing together. Um, other than that, uh, enjoy the track.
And if you dig it, you know where to find it. See you next week. Chicken legs across the floor You say that your lover's frozen through Curled up with the dog instead of you When the radiator squeals Across the floor